Welcome back to Belmont Bunch. I am Tom, one of the hosts. James is also here. Sterling is also here. It's been a fun couple of weeks since we last talked regarding the Islanders and the NHL as a whole. I'm looking forward to discussing it. Absolutely. Yeah, the Islanders are doing better than we expected. Um, so this is great. So there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. So let's get right into it. So there's a lot of games since the last time we filmed. Um, and it maybe we shouldn't film anymore because it was very positive. <laughs> um, the two games I, I think I talked about on like the last podcast, you know, a billion years ago, uh, like that the Pittsburgh games and the Washington games were going to decide our season. Now that's kind of changed a little bit because before we've even gotten to play Washington once, they've sold off a ton of pieces, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, really positive stuff this week. So let's go over. Wait, so where are we starting from? Because we didn't record last week. So Uh, so we're starting from the Pittsburgh game on February 17th. So the last two weeks since Um, this is coming out. So this game, um, a zany game. You know, we talked about how we play zany games against the Capitals. And we kind of traded that out. Our Pittsburgh games were pretty interesting. Um, It felt like, to me... um, Actually, a lot of these games, not just the Pittsburgh games, but the P- Pittsburgh games especially felt like playoff games. And it kind of feels like Lane Lambert might be starting to get like through to the team a little bit because I'm seeing the defense. I'm seeing the players like kind of buy in again. And, and you know, not not just like w- like it feels like we've had a lot of wins this year where we, we kind of got lucky. And it was the goaltending that bailed us out. And our defense looked really bad, but we only gave up a couple goals because the the goaltending. And I would say in a lot of these games, the goaltending didn't have to do that much, which is a great sign that the structure is starting to get there. Um, there, I will talk about some like guys that unfortunately, mostly in like the Minnesota game, um, started to let me down a little bit. And I kind of talked about that on Twitter, Um, but they won the two Pittsburgh games and those were playoff games. You know, those matter a ton in the standings. Pittsburgh's beating, uh, sorry, they're tied with the Lightning tonight. Um, Pittsburgh's one point back of us, but they got four games in hand. It's the games in hand show right now. But if the Islanders keep playing at the pace they're playing at, they're going to have a shot. And and they played themselves back into having a real shot. Um, and I'm very proud of them this past week. Uh, guys, I want to highlight. Bo Horvat has just, you know, he's been a big, big thing, especially uh, after losing Barzi. Um, you know, it, we didn't lose a beat in terms of like, we definitely took a, a step back in skating. You know, we don't have that like dynamic offensive zone skater, but with Bo um, and Brock, guys are scoring. Like those guys, I mean, those guys are scoring um, a lot. And those guys are, are catalysts on the offense right now. And, you know, we're kind of an AHL lineup down in the bottom six, uh, except for Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis, who continue to look, you know, they fit their role. But I am pretty happy with the effort, even from the guys that, like, are the AHL quality. Like, I think Holmstrom, who just got sent down, has been fine. Um, But I'm okay with, you know, if we do end up adding one more depth forward tomorrow and Barzi comes back and Pajot comes back, I'm okay with Holmstrom, like, going back to the AHL and, and, you know, honing his game a little bit. So I was pretty, just to sum it up, very, very happy with this uh, run, even the losses outside of the Boston game, which was a tough spot because it's the back end of a back-to-back traveling. Um, I was very impressed with how they handled playoff teams, even in the, the losses. The LA game was ugly, but they did fight back. And that's a game earlier in the year. I don't think they would have even fought back. I think they just would have gotten absolutely annihilated and they made it close. So um, I maybe we'll do at the end again, our playoff percentages, but mine's (laughs) definitely gone like significantly up, but uh, I want to, I would definitely agree. Okay. So Sterling, so what do you think then anything to add about, you know, the recent games? I'll just add a little bit. Uh, One guy who's impressed me has been Durando. I had pretty much no idea he existed prior to this season and still hasn't scored a goal yet, but he's looked good out there. And I've been 
very upset when he's gotten replaced by Ross Johnston, especially in the Minnesota game. The whole point was for him to protect the team against Ryan Reeves. And he got, he got his ass kicked. He got <laughs> dominated. Ryan Reeves scored a goal. So never yeah, want to see job. Johnston again. Uh, also, Otto Koivula also shouldn't be playing. He is, I, I'd rather see Bailey, and I really don't like him. So <laughs> it says a lot. Other, yeah, it does say a lot. But other than those two negatives, I think the whole team is playing a lot better lot more cohesive defensive style hockey and we just talked about Lane last episode about him losing the room uh maybe something turned around because without Barzell and Pajo, they've looked really good so this upcoming week is a big week with some of the matchups and if they can keep up the similar points percentage then I'm going to be very optimistic yeah, so uh, just since you mentioned the, re- the upcoming matchup, so we have uh, Detroit starting on Saturday, uh, March 4th, and then Buffalo and Pittsburgh again, and the Capitals again. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. That's the biggest stretch of the year. Absolutely. By, this by might far. determine our, our playoff like destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which you could have said going into the games that we talked like the. I, I think the, we did. They, I mean, I, they played a lot of playoff level teams and they played well. I, I think the points percentage was like 700. And that's going to get you in if you're going to play like that against teams of that level. So, yeah, James, what do you got, bud? Uh, I don't have anything to add. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think that what would be really interesting to talk about is the uh, the trades that have been made recently, like kind of looking at the standings. And we were just talking about this when we were setting up for the podcast. So uh, so the Islanders are in the first wild card spot. That's pretty big. I honestly, I wasn't, I mean, part of the reason why we're there is because the Capitals have really fallen off um and uh and it seems like they're selling so um yeah so why don't we talk about the recent trades yeah quickly i want i very quickly i want to jump back to something that sterling said which okay was, so let's not talk about the recent trades. Okay, cool. <laughs> gonna be extremely quick. the three guys that they just sent down it might be paper transactions it, it opened up a little bit more cap space um but of the you know those guys i would want to see dorodno back up the quickest um, Koivula basically at this point, I think he's run out of chances, should be an AHLer. And Holmstrom, he's young enough that I think it's it's not like a ding against him. It's more of like guys might be getting healthy and also we're clearing a spot. So, um, and Holmstrom practiced today with the team. So it sounds like that was just a paper transaction. Um, I never understand that, like the paper transaction thing where it opens up more cap space because you sent him down, but then you just call him back up. I don't, I don't know how that works. I'm not going to pretend to, um, but Dorado uh, was pretty impressive. And it, it just like added a jolt of speed uh, where they didn't have it. And I think they missed that in the Minnesota game. Yeah. And, and just to one extra thing you said is with Ross Johnson. I mean, I don't see any value ever having him in the lineup. <laughs> like I used to, <laughs> like he gets in one fight a game and then like, you know, gets ejected or, or whatever is out for like the 10 minutes. And it's, it's just like, it adds nothing. It you honestly know, just takes away. He was doing right. Was he was getting into fights with guys that are clearly better hockey players than him. So he, <laughs> like the trade-off was a win for us. So he was getting in fights with anybody else on the other team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Maybe that's like too easy. Cause you could just pick a fight with anyone. Yeah. Um, but yes, all right. I am now ready. I have said my piece to get into the, the trade stuff. Okay, so cool. So who do you want to start Islanders. with? Oh, start with the Islanders. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, why not? It's a quick one and you know it's our team. So um what you, do you know it is an Islander podcast after all. I'm wearing Canadian's jersey. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Me and Sterling are the true Islanders fans over here. <laughs> well, look, I had to get it. I was at the NHL store this week um with friends from out of town. Um, they had to leave on the train and they were like, Tom, don't get a jersey. I I almost got the fanatics version, but the logo was literally falling off even in the store. So I just shelled out the money for the actual jersey. Watch that. That'll be our end. That'll end up being our first sponsor. Like five years from now, it'll be fanatics. (laughs) If that's the case, I'll I'll chill. I don't care. (laughs) All right. You know what? Money is money. Anyway. um, Yeah. So Pierre Engvall comes in uh, at a, a, you know, a fairly low cost, a third round pick in not this year's, but next year's draft. Um, 
the scouting report on him from Toronto fans is speedy guy could score 15 to 25. I saw one estimate, um, you know, was kind of buried in the lineup because uh, Toronto's very top heavy and has an amazing scoring group. Um, so we will now see a chance for him because I think he was practicing with the first line today to see what he's got. And apparently he's got a pretty good shot. Um, he's really big, but from what I've heard from fans of Toronto is that he's not especially physical. Um, he's pretty quick, but he's six, five. Um, people expect him to be tougher because he's that big. Um, but apparently he isn't, but that's fine. The Islanders have enough tough guys. Um, <laughs> I am fine with adding some speed to the lineup. He's a guy with upside. Um, for me, it's it's like, what's what's the risk? You, you gave up a third rounder, not this year, but next year. I'm completely fine with this. Um, and I wouldn't be against, um, as we talk right now, we're uh, Thursday night ahead of the deadline, wouldn't be against maybe adding a depth defensive piece so that you could send down Watherspoon and let Watherspoon actually play in the AHL. And, and, you know, for guys like Ajo, who I think played really badly against Minnesota and honestly, even Dobson is starting to lose minutes because of giveaways. Um, I think you need one more defenseman. That's like a regular NHL defenseman to push these guys so that, Hey, you know what? If Dobson, if one of Dobson or Ajo isn't playing well enough, they could sit. Because we're at the point in the season where you, you can't waste points. And I think the Islanders win that game one nothing, if not for the Dobson giveaway in the Minnesota game. The Islanders were playing so well defensively in that game and were preventing chances. Uh, they looked like a trots team again in that game. And they can't afford these stupid boneheaded plays by young guys. And so I would be okay with bringing in like a veteran. Um, and I wouldn't imagine it being very expensive. Um, I can know, think of one veteran <laughs> player, hmm. like really veteran. Christ. <laughs> I, I was actually, I was going to mention, I've seen people on Twitter talking about how they think Dobson looked better last year because he was paired with that specific guy. Yeah, we think Z. Freaking name. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Uh, Let's bring back Andy Green. I prefer that. I would... I, I yeah, I completely agree. I actually completely like over Char absolutely any day. Call but. up Andy Green, see what he's up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, enjoying people, retirement. People are saying because he was playing with a stay-at-home defenseman like Chara, uh, he was able to join the rush a bit more. And like I'm reading those takes, and I could see where they're coming from. I don't believe what they're saying. I think you do have to find him a better partner. It would um, that would make sense if like I'm sure you can find some examples of that in games like of what yeah. you just said of like you know like where uh, Dobson's able to pinch because he's playing with the stay at home defenseman but um yeah I don't think that's like a net positive though yeah my, my real problems with him this year has been especially like the giveaways the bad decision making and you know for them to say well, he was able to play offense a bit more. I mean, sure, but that's not where he's struggling this year, at least to me, um, even though his production has decreased a little. But to talk about Engvall quickly, one more thing to add is, considering how injury-ridden we've been recently, I believe Engvall could play any forward position, which is very nice. And my expectation for him, if we make a playoff push, I think he's fits with Parisi and Pajot. We'll see. Maybe he really impresses on the first line in these next couple games. That's just where I'm expecting him to be. Uh, One extra tidbit to add to that, as I'm looking on the Islanders, and it's on screen right now, the Islanders NHL website, uh, seven facts about Ingvall. Um, (laughs) So number three is he's got ties to the Islanders management. He he played for... Toronto, uh, when Lou Lamorello was the GM for them from 2015 to 2018. So, Lou, not surprising. (laughs) He's a fairly, so he's not entirely predictable um, because, you know, I think people wouldn't have predicted the Islanders to be buyers, but he is predictable in terms of like, all right, this is who he would go after. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the type of player, like, I mean, you can you can love it, you can hate it, but like they definitely they know what they're looking for. Like he knows what he wants, 
Um, and he goes out and he gets it. I think in terms of Horvat, you know, we, we talked about at the time, um, like it, it was kind of, it was up in the air. It was kind of dicey for some people. Um, obviously I've been won over to being very happy with that trade, uh, especially with Vancouver trading our first. Um, so Vancouver, like clearly already thinks we're going to the playoffs. Um, if they were willing to trade that pick very stupid asset management by <laughs> Vancouver who now, so you think for Vancouver, uh, what they got back for Horvat is Ronick, no, no more first round pick because they traded it. So Ronick, Bo Villiers. I have to differentiate from Bo now, uh, and Ratu. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I at least, like, you've covered, like, a lot of air. Oh, you got a center. You got a winger. You got a defenseman. But I don't know if any of those guys measures up to to your captain, who you had to get rid of because you paid JT Miller, who you're now trying to trade. Mm-hmm. So it is a mess in Vancouver. You know, that's stuff that we used to see as Islander fans. Not Maybe not to that. Actually, probably to that level. So, um, you know, I'm pretty grateful for, for us to even be where we are. And I know some fans are not happy with where we are. But, um, you know, I think the team in the past two weeks has given you a lot to cling on to. Um, you know, we haven't gotten to the – we almost got to the point where we were talking about trading Brock. Like, it was that yeah. bad. Um, yeah. And like I said, I think that would have been, like, all the way, like, breaking up this team. And they didn't get there because the team responded finally. So that's the Islanders. Um, Pittsburgh fans are not happy. Um, you know, it, I mean, I get it. Like the expectations are high. It's a team that you're trying to keep Crosby, Latang, um, Malkin happy and like, you know, give them another shot at a cup. They haven't won enough, I guess. Um, and uh, they are not happy with the Gramland edition. Um, he's expensive. He's like $5 million and, uh, the advanced numbers apparently don't like him very much. Um, they gave up a second round pick. Um, they basically uh, blew up their third line. They put everyone on their third line, except for Jeff Carter on waivers. (laughs) So things are really all over the place there right now. And without them adding a goalie, I'm just not really that worried about them. And the Islanders seem to have their number. So, um, I mean, they're probably going to get in the playoffs, I think, based on points percentage, unless they really, really, really start falling apart because of all the, like, management being all over the place. So are you guys worried about Pittsburgh? What do you guys think? I'm not worried about the Islanders because of the last two games, mostly. I think that we'll we'll finish out the season. Wait, we already played them once. We already played them three times, right? Yeah, I think so. um, I don't remember how the first game went. Um, We won. Oh, that so, yeah. so we oh, yeah, won we three really out of well. three so far. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm not worried about us head-to-head. In terms of competition for the playoffs, uh, I just hope that they're playing Boston and not us. That's all <laughs> I care about. Oh, by the way, um, the Sabres are about to lose in regulation. So, that's awesome. good for us. Really good for yeah. us. And the Rangers are losing 5-3, but it's to Ottawa, who all of a sudden is uh, nipping at our heels. Like, they're back in it. They're playing really well. So the Rangers continue to lose games that could help the Islanders. Of course, I have this pipe dream that the Islanders play well enough to pass the Rangers. Um, but like, I, obviously we don't want to play the, the Bruins, but if we pass the Rangers, we play the Devils. And that's like, look, we're not going to be favored in a playoff series. But I think we talked about a few weeks ago, were we favored in any of the playoff series that we won in the two year run where we got like maybe the Florida one. We were probably favored. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I don't think we were favored in any of those series. Washington, people probably thought was like a 50-50. And then we beat um, uh, Philly, who was the one seed in the bubble. Uh, we beat uh, Boston, you know, two years ago. And I didn't think in hell we would beat them. And we beat Pittsburgh that year in a year where I think everybody had Pittsburgh in like seven. So I don't – I'm getting off topic, but um, – if the Islanders get in, I'm going to be like excited. How could yeah. you not? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Islander <laughs> hockey fan would be excited. <laughs> well, I feel like unfortunately it needs to be said because so many people, and look, I'm, I'm guilty of being like an armchair GM as well, but so many people think they know so much that 
they're in their head trading guys mm-hmm. constantly and they're like i know better and this is and you know i got to give lou some credit the the team has turned it around without you know being completely broken up and i think the trade that lou made for bo was a turning point um so i have to give a lot of credit to lou i think he's managed pretty well and i think a lot of people on twitter myself included have to like deal with that and like admit that. Wow. When does that contract extension start? Oh God. (laughs) I still still don't know like extension, like if they extended them one year just because they couldn't find anybody they liked, like I would have loved to have had trots. I feel like Mm -hmm. trots as a GM is going to be a smashing success. Smashville. Um, So I don't know. Uh, I got a little off topic, but I want to, so what else is new? I um, want to talk about <laughs> Buffalo, but I want Sterling to go next. So, Sterling, give us your Florida perspective. Tell yeah, us what are they looking like? Really quickly, since you just brought up trots, I have been seeing apparently Nashville is interested in looking at Wallstrom, which mm. would be hilarious. <laughs> like, not to me, but considering his treatment of Wallstrom on the island and he goes out and gets him, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. So, Anyways, moving on to Florida, like you suggested, they're in a weird spot because I've been like not paying to them, not paying much attention to them compared to the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But looking at them, at least in my perspective, with several moves, I definitely have faith in them. I think they've gotten things figured out. The problem is they went so all in last season they're left with not much to buy with. Their assets are very low. There are talks going on about them potentially being sellers. One name I've seen come up a bunch is Ranko Gudis. That'd be a great addition to a playoff team. Give also, them to the Islanders. <laughs> that yeah, feels like would, an Islander-type player. I would definitely love that. I, I don't think they'll do that. I've seen Sam Bennett. I don't think they'll do that either. I think if they're going to make any moves tomorrow, it might be an addition. I think they've been playing well enough recently for that. Uh, Probably a depth move. Um, But in terms of an Islander fan being worried about them, they're interesting because I think they can come back in the standings unlike Washington or whatever. But Mm -hmm. they go out and have these big wins against like Tampa or whatever. And then the next night they come out struggling um that makes me think maybe Zito will stand pat because you don't want to waste any assets especially when you don't have anything I wouldn't be surprised to see them stand pat that seems to make sense to me based on it feels like this year has just been like a lot of things haven't gone their way but like you said they they show their potential I mean they won the president's trophy last year we know they're a good team um they beat up on Tampa the other night. They look great against Tampa. I got to catch a lot of that game. And um, it's frustrating because I uh, Kachuk has been great for them. That trade in the offseason hasn't really hurt them that much. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do. I understand, like you said, the asset management. You know, they went out and they got Sherratt last year. And I think for a similar price, they could have gotten Chikorin. I think <laughs> there's a big difference there. Um, so Florida is a team that I think I talked about for a while, like, wow, this, that's a team I'm worried about passing the Islanders. And I'm kind of surprised they haven't. They're a more talented team than the Islanders. I know they've dealt with some injuries too, Florida. Um, it feels like for them, it just – there's a few teams that this is true of, but goaltending, like it comes back to goaltending. Like, Sergey. I mean, I haven't gotten to watch a lot of him this year. Um, but, unfortunately, with Spencer Knight now in, like, the assistance program and they have, like, an AHL-level guy backing them up, like – that's that's tough. That's tough to overcome. Um, you know, there's so much scoring nowadays, um, and Florida can keep up with that. But they need a goalie to keep them in games. They need their version of Sorokin uh, yeah. really badly. But if they had a Sorokin, I think this Florida team would be like pretty good. So, um, I, I so I, the reason I wanted you to talk about Florida, obviously, because I think you have the insider info there. I am very passionate about Buffalo, as I've talked about, and I have. They're the Buffa slug over here. Um, I really want, I, I, I got to pick my words carefully. I really want them to make the playoffs if it's not at the expense of the Islanders. 
Um, they're such a fun team. They score so much. They give up so many goals. They very much, uh, you know, they're, they're the Doug Waite Islanders, but with way more talent. And I want to see them have kind of the rite of passage in the playoffs where they'll probably get their asses kicked. Um, like, cause if Buffalo gets in, they're probably going to play Boston. Like they would probably get in over us. Um, I think Pittsburgh's probably going to get in is my thought and that it's going to be a fight for the one other spot. Um, I really, really want to see Buffalo get in if it's not the Islanders. Um, I, I want to see Tage Thompson go up against David Pasternak. I want to see, you know, their, their young budding core, um, you know, go up against the best team in the league because they're going to have nothing to lose and it's going to be such good hockey. Um, but do I think they're going to get in? Um, I don't know because their goaltending is worse than the, the Panthers. Their goaltending is Craig Anderson and Uka Pekalukinen and <laughs> a goalie uh, in Mike Comrie. They're doing the three goalie rotation apparently right now. I don't know if they've actually played Comrie. I just checked their roster. I thought they only had the two, but Comrie's also on the roster. I, man, it, it feels like even if they miss the playoffs, it's like we're back. And I think that's kind of where it's trending for me. I think the Islanders are a more um, experienced team. And if it comes down to it, I think the Islanders are, are going to find a way to get in over Buffalo. If those are the two teams it comes down to. Um, but they're such a fun team. So, uh, you know, if they get in, I'll be rooting for them. Uh, next. Oh, and also we should mention that Buffalo also really hasn't done much. I think they checked in on Chikrin, but I think for Buffalo, it makes sense not to go crazy. The core is budding. You're, the team's coming together. It's just a matter of getting a goalie. And, you know, if the Islanders had fallen off, I would have traded them Varlamov just to see how they would do. And I think they would do pretty well. But um, so Buffalo and Florida haven't done much. Teams that are probably – they've seen enough to not – obviously not blow it up, but also not, like, want to get, go crazy with trading away stuff. So that's understandable. Washington uh decided to retool um mostly by giving stuff away eller gustafson orlov mojo hathaway out sandine and craig smith in um feels like a team that traded themselves out of the playoffs although they weren't playing well anyway but i what do you guys think of that like can a team that has such old top six forwards like can they retool on the fly or like, should they just, can you even rebuild with Ovi on your team? Like is Ovi going to accept that? Or is he eventually going to go back to Russia? Like he wants to end his career there. I was shocked when I saw that initial trade to Boston where they let go of Hathaway and Orlov. I was like, are they actually selling? That's huge for us. But they've been playing pretty terribly the past couple of weeks. And I know Ovechkin was out. But during that span, they literally won 0-4. You have to be better than that if one guy's out. I know he's probably going to be the best goal scorer of all time, but you got to be better than that. So I definitely like the decision for them. I think that's what I was leaning towards with the Islanders to retool like that. Obviously, now I'm having too much fun. I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) Isn't that a nice problem? It's a great problem, right? But I think that's what we should have done. I actually think that's a smart thing that they're doing, even with the older core. I think Sandine is a great move for them. I was a little surprised by the return for him. I thought Gustafson's been great for them. And maybe I just don't know my valuation well enough, but they traded Gustafson and a first-round pick for Sandine. So I thought that was a little interesting. Otherwise, they haven't really gotten players back in return. So I think they are kind of conceding in the race. But, you know, they were going to be a first-round exit anyways. Might as well, you know, become more of a serious threat for next season. So I think they'll be back and better than ever next year. This is such a unique deadline because you've got teams that are definitely in the running trading away pieces how much of that has is is the fact that they're just like why would i want to play boston i would much rather have the better draft pick and not lose the boston it's crazy it's honestly like teams are like honestly vacating their 
chance to play in the playoffs and giving the Islanders a real good shot. Um, and for me, look, I'm really excited by that. Um, I do believe that this Islander team finds something special in the playoffs consistently um, and that they're just not an easy out, even if Boston wins, which they probably will, like very probably will. <laughs> I really think the Islanders are going to make that series tough on them. And it might even make um, it might even be good for Boston to not annihilate a team in the first round and think you're invincible. It might be good for Boston in the long run to play the Islanders in the first round, play this like grinding playoff, you know, type team. Um, and um, yeah, so it, it's very curious. I don't think I've ever seen a team so good that teams are willing to miss the playoffs <laughs> instead of matching up with them. Um, but uh, you know, Lou's got the old school mentality of like, we could beat anyone. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's look, you could say that it's um, overconfident in his players, but look, the, these guys have surprise teams. Um, this would be different. This would be on a new level if this Islander team beat this Boston team. This would trump anything that we did in the, the two years. I saw James's eyes bug when I said No, no, sorry. I, I, anyway. Um, so uh, Ottawa. Ottawa, who just beat the Rangers tonight. Um, the Rangers are not playing very well. Oh, no. Patty Kane didn't score eight goals. Um <laughs> The uh, the Rangers like have been playing poorly enough to give me hope. So they only have two games in hand on the Islanders now, but they are nine points up. Like that, it's got that would take a pretty big tumble from that would take two things: the Islanders getting very hot, which they're close to like consideration for being very hot. I would say they're playing very well, um, and the Rangers are not playing well. I tend to think right now the Devils are going to wipe the floor with the Rangers. That's just me. I, I, and I'm not like someone that's typically super high on the devils, but the, I, the Rangers are having trouble keeping it out of their net and the devils are scoring at an ungodly pace. And I'm very excited for that to be a playoff series, but the next team, Ottawa that I started talking about, uh, and then I got sidetracked by the Rangers rent free. I know. Um, Ottawa um, added Chikrin. Uh, they've been playing really, really well. They're another team that can just like, when they're playing well, can score like crazy. They just passed Florida. Uh, actually, yeah, they passed Florida on points percentage with Florida losing tonight. Are, I wonder if we're starting to see Florida fall out of it. Uh, they only have one game in hand on the Islanders, and they're four points back. So we are ahead of them on points percentage. We are now actually at the point with Detroit struggling by, by getting annihilated by Ottawa two games in a row. Um, the scores have gone really well for the Islanders tonight, by the way. Um, we might be getting to the point where, like, Ottawa might be the main adversary yeah. for the playoff spot, which is, wow, like out of the blue. They are four points back and they have three games in hand. They could absolutely do it. Um, but we're starting to get to the point where the games in hand are not. Like a, like there's a lot, but teams have to win them. And yeah. Buffalo just lost twice in a row pretty bad. Like, look, they played Boston tonight. They got annihilated. It's Boston. They lost to the worst team in the NHL the other night in Columbus. Yeah. They have goaltending problems. The Islanders are set in goal. Um, the Islanders are one of the only teams in the league where if their starter gets hurt, their backup is good enough to like let them limp in. Uh, what I'm saying is, I think we're getting in. I, I think I'm... I, wow. This is crazy. We turned a corner. Tom's yeah. become optimistic. This is when, Tom, I think you're the most optimistic. We're going to lose the rest of our games. <laughs> no, um, I, I think this is when you're the most optimistic is when you're playing like you're you're on the uptrend, you know, but like you still haven't you haven't gotten there yet. So like if we were squarely in the playoffs, like whether or not we'd been in a wild card position this whole time or actually like in a normal playoff spot, you and we were playing the way we were, you probably would be more down on the team. Well, I I guess I would be, I wouldn't be, well, it would depend on how they're playing, but I think I would probably, look, I'd be happy if we were in the midst of a playoff, you Mm -hmm. know, like right in it, Um, as in like more likely to make it than not. Um, I think when when you're in that position, you nitpick a little bit because you're Mm -hmm. like, well, we're good, but now let's look at like the team that we're going to match up with. Right. You know, how are we playing against them? And like, how do we compare to them? Um, we're at a different, this is like survival. 
So you're just, you're just, if you're getting the points, you're happy. Like, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. I think I was just happy to get points, but now we're starting to like look good too. And it's not just like, Oh, they found a way to win somehow. And like, that's not sustainable. They're starting yeah. to play sustainable hockey. They beat up um, Winnipeg in Winnipeg. Uh, they, they beat Winnipeg at home. I was, I was at the game for that one. They looked pretty good in that game. They're starting to play suffocating defense again. The last four games. Oh my God. You could extend this to the whole time. So they gave up four against Pittsburgh and then they didn't give up more than three. The rest. Uh, okay. They gave up six against Boston. Let's all right. Let's fit my narrative. Let's talk about <laughs> all right. The last one, two, three, four, five games, they've given up three or less. And they've only given up three once. They are playing good defense. The goaltending is doing its job. Um, there's a lot of hope because they are doing the things that you need to do come playoff time and and close to playoff time when you're trying to get in. Um, I don't know. Right? Is there anybody specifically recently that's like really stood stood out to you? I know you talked about Dorodno. Um, any of the veterans like sticking out? Absolutely. Brock Nelson has been insane the past couple of weeks. I know he was an all-star, but this is the most productive we've ever seen him, even though it looks like he's probably going to have more goals last year than this year, but he's been on such a tear lately. Super proud of him. Uh, otherwise, uh, defensively, I'd say both goalies have been much better, especially Varlamov, who had that brutal game against Boston, which is huge going into the playoffs. Uh, you need your goalies to be hot. Unfortunately, on defense, I, I don't really know. I think I was a little hard on Pollock towards the beginning of the year. Recently, I've liked his game, so I'll give him that award. And maybe for one other player, uh, Bailey came back into the lineup, hasn't done anything egregious yet. So maybe a goal. Him, he did score a goal, pretty lucky right place, right time goal. But What's that trade value for tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I, I think once we get healthy, Hopefully he's the odd man out in the lineup. Um, I think it'd be a massive mistake otherwise. Um, But if we keep uh, after the Pittsburgh game, the one in Pittsburgh, that was actually probably where I was most pessimistic. I know we just won that game. We just lost Barzell. The only reason we won is because Jari and then DeSmith on Friday are the worst goalies I've ever seen. <laughs> but after that Winnipeg game, that's when the team really started to get that old Trotsar identity back. Even the Minnesota game, they lost in the shootout, but they looked great during regulation time, even overtime. Yeah, I think the only um, the thing in the Winnipeg game, it came down to, very, you know, like a few obvious errors. The, um, the giveaway by Dobson was just egregious uh, that led to the goal. And um, Aho had a, a horrible, horrible pass that got intercepted and turned into a chance. Um, it's really funny because I haven't really – I talked about team defense being good recently, but I don't think any one defenseman has, like, really made me feel super secure. I think Pelly is starting to get back there. I think that concussion was affecting him. Um, Pollock, you know, I, I always want more offense out of Pollock when you've got the shot that he does. But, you know, with Dobson taking, you know, the offense, really, um, Pollock doesn't shoot like he used to. And I'm okay with him standing back if he's going to play well defensively. They haven't been what they were, Pelly and Pollock, how they used to be this, like, unstoppable defensive pair. Um, and... You know, I'm not enamored with Romanov and I'm not enamored with Aho. And I've been really hard on Dobson recently. Um, Mayfield hasn't really had those stupid penalties recently. His game really fluctuates by if he's committing stupid penalties or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's the funny thing is um, I don't know if any one defenseman has played especially well, but as a group, they've done enough to get by. And yeah. um you know, like even with Pelly and Pollock not playing as well, I think the giveaways haven't been there. And if you're yeah. just not gift wrapping, uh, gift wrapping the puck away, um, then you know you might be okay with the goaltending we have and the fact that our guys are willing to block shots. Um, so 
that's that's a good thing. That you know, there's room for growth. The defense could look better, and they're still barely giving up goals. Um, yeah. So that's something that, like, hey, if the defense starts playing really well, on like, like visibly too, like, like you see that Pelly poke every play, and like Pollock is like running over guys, uh, and Dobson and Aho can just not give the puck away in their own zone. And for Dobson, he scares me because he's just – he needs to add muscle. He, in mm-hmm. front of the net, he just isn't aggressive enough. That's a mindset thing. But, like, also isn't big enough. I and He's definitely tall enough. He's just kind of a string bean, though. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's uh, funny for me to say as a short fat man. But, <laughs> uh, but I really – I want to see him commit a little bit more. And I got to give props to Lane for starting to cut his ice time because – that's you got to do that if a guy's not playing well. And uh, maybe we were hard on Lane. I think because we felt the pressure of like a team that was closing. It felt like our window was sh- slamming shut. And um, you know we the we it's a rookie coach, and uh, he doesn't always have the best answers in the media. And he looks like a Bond villain. There are a lot of things to pick apart, but um, he's starting to get there. And I'm very like outside of just wanting them to make the playoffs because I want to, I want to see how Lane deals with the playoffs. Um, you know, it's going to be very tough to out coach um, Jim Montgomery in Boston, who has turned the Boston Bruins into the greatest thing that's ever happened. Um, but I'd like to see, I, I still want to see how he does with that as like yeah. something going forward. Um, yeah. I mean, couple. I have a couple of quick things about, points you brought up uh romana people love to uh, nitpick but I, i'm definitely happy with him i'm very happy he's on the team even though we gave up the 13th overall pick for and i think his benefits will truly shine if we make the playoffs with him being a more physical defenseman uh second maybe this is just normal and that laying a hard practice and Montreal type game have gotten to me too much. But I do want to see the defensemen start to win more battles in front of their own net. They've yes. been a little better, but still needs improvement, especially come playoff time. And then third, uh, just to bring it up, because why not? I think Pollock scored like the exact same goal uh, as game one, or I think it was game one versus Carolina where he missed the net, but it looked like he went in. Brendan had a very awkward call of it. but <laughs> I, I you, thought I went in too, so I will give <laughs> Brendan that. <laughs> you, we all, you always like to talk about, um, you know, Pollock always misses the net, and if he hits the net, he'd be lethal. And three years later, it's still just as true. We, we've seen he still has a great shot, but needs to improve that accuracy. Yeah, unfortunately, we're at the point, like, this is funny because I'm, I'm going to turn 27 very soon. And um, I always, I, I, I don't joke with anybody in person about this because they would probably just stare at me, but in the NHL video games, like in the franchise mode, when a player hits 27, their, their potential's done. So I'm, <laughs> That's it. I'm done growing. <laughs> uh, when you hit 27, there's no more growth. You're, ex- you went, you went from elite potential to, Bottom six, exact bottom six, like Michael Dalcole. Uh, not, not even Michael Dalcole. Michael Dalcole still has any. potential because he's not twenty-seven yet. <laughs> ah, he's, uh, he's only like a year or two younger than me, so he, it's coming for you, Michael. Um, <laughs> yeah, look out, Michael. We're warning you now. <laughs> I'm assuming he's playing either in Europe or the AHL, but he's not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, actually, just a quick uh, thing I wanted to jump off on that to add some credence to the very valuable plus minus indicator. Um, mm. Pellick and Pollock are the two top plus players. Pellick at plus 13, Pollock at plus 10. So, and then Paul Mary at plus eight. And then the worst player is Peugeot at minus nine. That's pretty surprising. That He's is like, pretty surprising, yeah. but I will admit. Uh, They've had like an empty, you know, hole at right wing since Wally went out. So yeah. There's so, no rotating cast that's fair. there. So there's a little bit of a, you know, a back end. Also, I didn't think he was playing that well, Pajot. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? Maybe this time off for Pajot, maybe it lets him get back in, back into game mode. I mm-hmm. probably going to be a little bit of rust at first, but, you know, 
I'm happy with them. I'm okay with them keeping him out until he's legit 100% because I, you know, watching him at less than 100% has been tough because mm-hmm. I don't think he's been especially effective. Um, I've barely talked about Barzal. I well, have that, to- that's actually what I wanted to suggest. Maybe the last oh. thing is just injuries in general and like, you know, expect the timeline, like, will we be healthy by the playoffs? If, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it's obviously your guess you is know, as but- good as mine. You know, come and my guess is yes, we will. Hear <laughs> you hear nothing from Lou. You'll get nothing out of Lou. Mm-hmm. And um, you know what, though, them sending down three guys that has to mean at, at least one of them is close, like Pajo or, or uh, Barzi, because obviously, you know, they could be making roster space for a trade. But um, even then, they they just put three guys back to the minors. I think one of the, I think. Holmstrom, it was a paper one, paper transaction, since he's still practicing with the team on the fourth line today. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think um, it's good news that we're very close on probably Pajo. And apparently today, according to uh, beat writers for the Islanders, Barzi was seen not practicing, but walking around pra- practice with noticeably a uh, less severe limp than a week ago so i mean i know that's a spray get week. him on the eyes immediately <laughs> yeah. but um you know it's something it is tough like how much longer can this team hold out without i mean i've been think- surprised with how they've been playing without barzal like it's not it's i mean it's you never know what to expect it could be like it could be more dramatic in one game versus the next yeah. but i it mean they've still been scoring so they've definitely been i mean the defense has been masking it but they haven't so they scored well against Pittsburgh. And like Sterling said, their goaltending is not very good. So that's part of that. Um, they scored two against Winnipeg, two against the Kings, four against Winnipeg, but with an empty netter, uh, and one against Minnesota. We still probably need a little bit more offense. Um, but, you know, we're at the point where we're nitpicking because the defense has been good enough that they don't need to be explosive on offense. Um, I think when Barzi gets back and you're at full strength, the top six actually could look pretty good because now you've got you've got Brock, Barzi, Bo. That's three good forwards. Paul Mary's been pretty decent. Anders Lee has been better. That's five. That like that's good. I mean, compared to where we've been, we've had points where we've had like two good top six forwards. So um, comparatively, I think you know we're we're trending in the right direction. Um, we're adding talent, you know, I don't want to hear anything about Bo's numbers in Vancouver because those games don't mean anything because that team stinks and they score that Vancouver team stinks, but they score a lot and he's playing with Pedersen. So there's a lot of things. Look, I'm happy for him. I'm annoyed that people are trying to ruin me being happy for him by saying, he's got more points than, uh, uh, Horvat. That means he's better. No, I mean, I don't think those people believe it either. I think those people are trolls. Um, and if you do that, you're an incredible loser. <laughs> Please figure something better out to do. Um, My favorite parts of these acquisitions, though, are, you know, if we play Boston, it's going to be a tough series. But I do think some of these moves start to reopen the window just a little bit. I think Nelson has shown no signs of slowing down from last season. Otherwise, like Paul Mary, he's been consistent. I think Lee is going to fall off pretty soon. But Horvat is a huge long-term deal. I think if they could re-sign Engvall, I mean, we haven't even seen him play a game yet, but at least the idea of him, that would be great to have. Even Clutterbuck going down, being replaced by Fashing, mm-hmm. he's looked like he's going to have a long-term future. And not to mention we add a well, if they don't trade him away, Wallstrom is back next season. So I do think, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at maybe this core uh, coming to a close, but maybe not. Maybe they have a few more years left. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Bo, Bo feels like a player that fits, and he's added a lot, and, um, you know, I'm sure there's some intangibles in there with him being a former captain. Um, you know, when Anders uh, is on the fourth line, maybe they'll switch captains. <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's too far, Tom. Um, 
Uh, yeah. Andrews Lee, he's, he's, is he only 31? How old is Andrews Lee? I guess he's 32. Let's all take guesses. How old do you think he is, Sterling? Uh, I think he made his debut around 2014, maybe 15. I'm going to go with, just to be safe, 30. He's 32. Hey. Okay. Damn. Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to outdo Tom on Islanders trivia. <laughs> but so that's, so he is five years older than Horvat. So five years older than Tom. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so you and Bo Horvat are the same age, Tom. How do what I are look? you doing with your life? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I feel like outside of looking tired, got my hair. So that's that's good. That's Wait, not... is he going bald? No, um, <laughs> it it's not like super thick hair. I for some reason my friend Dan, who's a Rangers fan, so his opinion's invalid, um, was saying the other day that like a lot of he thinks a lot of NHLers look way older than they are. I don't know if that's totally true. Um, I mean, maybe that might just be true for athletes. I was actually wondering if hockey players. This is stupid, and I want to get a medical opinion on this. If hockey players, who, like it seems like there's a decent amount of guys like our age um, that are losing their hair and i'm like is that because of the helmets <laughs> it'd be a very stupid question it might be yeah, i don't know see that that is how people look and it's not a hollywood movie <laughs> so I, that might just be the age that male pattern baldness really sets in you know yeah see i i just got like my face just got rounder so mm. i guess you know like there are worse things that could happen although yeah. that kind of accentuates my big nose <laughs> Which yeah. you broke once. I did. I think it's pretty clear <laughs> that it's been. Uh, anyway, we had a friend in high school that would always make fun of you for bringing that up. We had a teacher that made fun of me. <laughs> oh, wow. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He would like, even when I would go back and visit, um, like for like our first alumni day when we were in college, I came back and I was like, I'm cool now. This is fun. And then he brought me back to earth by like jokingly walking face first into the door and being like, Oh no, I broke my nose. Was, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. humbled again. Well, just to not put all the onus on you, Tom, you know, I'll make fun of myself a bit. I am. I mean, I've started to lose my hair. I'm 27. So it's a real problem and it shouldn't be made fun of. Okay. Cause it affects me. <laughs> you should do a commercial. For this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you know how many white 27 year olds are losing their hair? Do you know how many, many. white podcasting 27 <laughs> No, that made it so much worse. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, uh, is there anything else you guys want to discuss before ending the podcast? We should end on the upcoming schedule. Um, okay. All right. So until we play our next ga- uh, game, um, or sorry, until our next podcast, it's our game. This is our <laughs> arena. Um, they play Detroit and Buffalo, assuming that we record on – uh wednesday next week uh which oh god i think i have something so i'm it might be late so we might end up seeing we'll record after the uh pittsburgh game yeah but man these three games um man how many points do you need out of these games you probably need like four or five to feel really good and if they do like i would say that oops sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no, that's that's all I got. I I, you, I think what you said didn't come through, so you can finish. Oh, just it, I think if they get four or five out of the six points available in Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, I would feel really good. Like I would, I would feel honestly even more optimistic than I do now by a little bit. So that's something. Um, I was gonna say, yeah, I, I was gonna agree with at least four, but I think it matters that it's. You know, like the only game they could really afford to lose there would be against Detroit, which they probably have the best odds of winning. Um, you know, that's so a, that's a twelve thirty game matinee. Mm, matinee at UBS. That's good. Should we do an Islanders meetup this Saturday? <laughs> oh, I got friends in from out of town. I should drag them to the game. That's my favorite thing to do is my friends come in from out of town. They're like, show me the city. It's like, here's UBS Arena in Belmont. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a terrible host. But um, well, yeah. the, la- the last Saturday, Matt, and they went outstanding. So hopefully they don't it's replicate true. that. I think, actually, I'm going to disagree a little. I think Buffalo, 
no matter what, you need to win that in regulation. Detroit also, I think you need two points just in case. I feel like I've kind of accepted that Pittsburgh is making the playoffs. And I think it's more so a battle of keeping the other teams down. So even in that four-game stretch, including Washington, you never know with Washington. They could heat up a little. I feel like if you're going to lose, maybe Pittsburgh is that game just to keep everyone else below you. That's probably fair. I, I agree that Pittsburgh's probably, you know, a decent bit ahead of the other teams in the hunt right now in terms of playoff odds. So yeah, that's probably fair. If they get a, if they were to win the Detroit and Buffalo game and get a point against Pittsburgh, I think that would be extremely successful. And yeah. you know, let's just be on the safe side and let's just say they got to win all the games and yeah. you know, there if, we go. <laughs> if they win the next four, their playoff odds are going to like go very high and I'm going to be very, very happy. Um, last yeah, no. <laughs> I would was... like to hear everyone's updated playoff percentage. <laughs> I want to track I... this. I know I was like, I think three episodes ago, I think I was at 15%. And I think I got up to as high as a quarter, like 25% in our most recent. And now yeah. I am at 50. I think oh. it is a wow. And if they beat Detroit and Buffalo and Pittsburgh and Washington, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I will have no choice but to declare the Islanders the team of destiny. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, I think my uh, predictions were at 30%, pretty stagnant. Uh, and I would be – I'm reluctant to say 50%. But, I mean, I think that's in, that is because of this upcoming schedule. I mean, for – conference games so like that's that's why so i, I guess um i would uh, i'm just gonna say 30 percent. keep it a cool 30 percent. see yeah. i'm trying to keep it even because like if they win these next four i'm gonna be at 100 and if they lose <laughs> the next four it's at zero so <laughs> that's fair yeah. so 50 percent is the perfect percentage for you <laughs> so all right sterling what do you think to put in perspective, I think I said 40 last time. I, I remember I was the highest, of course. Uh, I'm going to go with 60 right now. Of course, this is a big week. And um, so I'm just going to say, yeah, so this week is probably determining what happens. I think I still am pretty cautious because we have been playing with the Bridgeport Islanders a little bit. And you never know exactly when Pajot's coming back. But, you know, if they could get it done this week, I'm always the optimist. I feel like it would be around 100. So we'll see. Last time I did summon into existence the playoff spot. So if I just say that again, I think by the next time we record, the Islanders are going to be in the playoff spot. This is interesting because so when Sterling, when you're optimistic, the Islanders do good. (laughs) <laughs> when Tom's pessimistic, the Islanders do good. So right now we're kind of canceling each other out. Oh no! <laughs> now we're gonna. So that means we're gonna go for the next. That means for these next three games against Detroit, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh, we're gonna go three points. We're gonna win one, go overtime, and lose, and then Honestly, lose one. That wouldn't be the end of the world. Three it points. wouldn't, but it would be exactly what the universe wants. So. By the way, Pittsburgh passed us. Pittsburgh beat Tampa in overtime. Yeah. Not getting any help from good teams recently. So that's yeah. I mean, but you know what? Honestly, can't complain about the night in total. Uh, Buffalo lost, Florida lost, uh, Detroit lost in overtime. Um, Ottawa got a little bit closer, but they beat the Rangers, so fuck the Rangers. Um, (laughs) I just have a terrible feeling we're going to do really well this week and then just tank on that California road trip. That is definitely a possibility, even though two of those California teams are awful. Yeah, <laughs> you never know with a when you're going cross country. You just like never know. Yeah, it was brutal. One last guy, year. one guy has one bad dinner while he's in California. That could yeah. be it. <laughs> Bo, Bo Horvat got the stomach virus. <laughs> now, you know, I would believe that Bo would play while shitting his pants. <laughs> That's what a captain does. Yeah, Being uh, a captain, shitting his <laughs> pants, one and the same. Okay, on that. Beautiful image <laughs> of the ice being stained brown. Um, let's uh, let's call it. Thank you very much, everybody, for for watching and tuning in. 
And uh, thank you again, Sterling, for being the continuing uh, guest for this season, which has been amazing. Yeah, um, I yeah. hope you all have been enjoying my presence because thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Of course. And we're, um, I am extremely thankful because you bring a lot of hockey knowledge and perspective that uh, Tom does not lack, but I lack. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, thank you very much, everybody. And we'll see you hopefully uh, next week. See ya. <laughs>